Hi, I'm David Baker. And I'm Amber Gustafson. And this is Just a Conversation, Tucson Show. Wow, what a great show. One of the best, uh, actually it is the best show of the year. A little cold there this year. Uh, it, it was rainy, it was cold, it was totally unusual for Tucson, but that did not stop us from hunting down all the special gems and usual gems and seeing the show. Well, it didn't stop you. It stopped me. I was in a booth most most of the time. I think I saw you a couple times during the show. Yeah, of course. I come by. AGTA is one of my very first premium show to go to, and then, of course, uh, I go to all the other shows from there. So folks can understand there's, I don't know, 40 or 50 gem shows that take place uh, at this, exactly the same time in, in the month of first week of February in Tucson, Arizona. The preeminent show is the American Gem Trade Association show. Give you a better idea of the lay of the land, and I don't know how much prior to the time I started going to Tucson, which was 1979, the show began, but originally it was just a bunch of old retired folks that collected agates out of the desert. They were referred to as agate lickers, and they'd get together with their mobile homes and trailers and open fields and out there in the desert, and they'd trade rocks in Tucson, Arizona every year. And so then the, the gem dealers started showing up, and eventually it got too expensive for the agate lickers, and they moved out to Quartzsite, Arizona, which still goes on to this day. Yep, and uh, what's interesting is, like you said, the gem dealers come in, but not just the gem dealers that you would think of in the United States. These are gem dealers that literally travel with their goods from around the world, in all parts of the world. When I say all parts of the world, from Australia to China, Hong Kong, Tahiti, uh, New Zealand, you've got people from all, and stones from all parts of the world. So yeah. did you see anything at, at AGTA specific that was really just, you know, struck you? <laughs> I did, and, and you found it at a, another show too, and it was the Blue Garnet. The Blue Garnet was absolutely, oh, to talk about Blue Garnet, I saw the stone, and it was only found just a couple of years ago, and it's between Kenya and Tanzania, <laughs> and there's some found in, in Kenya. It's right there on the border of Kenya and Tanzania and only one place in the world, and it actually looks like alexandrite. So if people know what a really good alexandrite looks like, it has that blue with the reddish change. It actually has a color shift, not a proper color change like alexandrite does. It has more of a color shift, almost close to a total change, but definitely a color shift. Beautiful stone. It, it's quite something to see. I think that was the sleeper. No one expected to see it at the show. There were a number that popped up, so obviously someone's been bringing them back to the U.S. And someone's bringing them, and actually what's interesting is I bought mine. I did buy one. I'm going to set it up into did a you? beautiful... Yes, I did. I'm going to set it up into a beautiful mounting with a couple of diamonds. It's not very big. It's only half carat, <coughs> but it's stunning, and I bought it from... The guy who went to uh, Tanzania, uh, he actually was in Kenya, and he bought the rough. He not only bought the rough, he didn't mine it because they're done by artisanal miners, but he, he bought the, the rough and he cut it himself. And he did a beautiful job. And this one particular stone was talking to me and I said, mm, it's got to come home with me. So it did. And it's a very pretty little cushion cut 
um, blue garnet. But who would think garnets are blue? Most people think of them from Mozambique. They're kind of that brownish red. And then you have rhodolite garnets. And then you have um, savorite. Savorite starts with a T, T-S-A-V-R-I-T-E, and it's actually green. So it's amazing the different colors that garnet come in. One of the highlights of the show for me was I handled a, a head in my hands. It was around 100 carats. I won't really describe the shape because uh, I don't want that many people to know where the stone came from and, and who has it. But uh, it was an Alexandrite that was from Sri Lanka originally. It's about a $5 million stone. It's really pretty spectacular. Wow. And now, well, see, you know what? Both of us were attracted to the to the color change. Yes. And I think that's it's a, one of those stones that just take your breath away when you take a look at the color changes in them. And, and, it, uh, it definitely raises your eyebrows a little bit. Most definitely. Well, that was those were the stones that, you know, you saw, one I came home with, and that we both saw the blue gunners. But there were so many other things in Tucson we saw some really cool pocket knives and bone that were, the handles were scrimshawed by a guy in Alaska. Yes, absolutely. I um, That's the nice part about going to some of these more obscure shows is that there are going to be people there that hire different vendors that have more unusual type of things to sell. And this particular gentleman had knives. And gents' items in the jewelry industry, are, it's always a very, very tough category. You know, people come in looking, what do you have for men? I got men's wedding bands, I've got uh, men's chains, bracelets, but watches, but there's really nothing else. So I did, uh, I decided to buy some of these knives. They're probably not expensive steel knives, but what the beauty of it is, is the fact that it's real bone and it's hand uh, drawn scrimshaw and it's done by done up in Alaska and the gentleman that was trained to do this was trained by the old ancient tradition of scrimshaw and some of them were just the black and some of them he actually put color into it so I bought the ones that were more valuable to I think to my market area and we have a lot of hunters here so they duck hunt and they fish and so I bought some with that and you know, I think I bought an, got an eagle one as well. There's different sizes, too. And different sizes. I've got smaller pocket knives and i got bigger pocket knives. Now, here's the funny part. Come home with them. <laughs> try, to, try to come home with them in your luggage. Now, TSA doesn't like that. Yeah. So uh, You didn't. Yeah, I did. You got caught. Yeah. No, I put it in my luggage, but they decided they wanted to see them themselves. I think they wanted to see how pretty they looked. <laughs> That's a group of TSA folks that see some unusual stuff yeah. come through their checkpoint. Yeah. Well, that was a that was a nice little find that I that I had not thought about before, and so it was a, when I ran into him. That's the nice part and the beauty of Tucson. You don't know what you're going to find. You don't know what you're going to bring home. When people ask me, "What are you going to get?" I don't know. If people follow me on Facebook, they see a, they can see me kind of hugging a giant pink quartz crystal. That thing was unbelievable. It's massive, <clears throat> massive. And you think about it. One, somebody had to find it. Two, somebody had to decide to pick it up out of the earth. Three, somebody had to decide to take it to Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what else I saw. I don't know. I, I'm sure you saw it too, but at a different time. was the petrified wood that was, it, it had to have been 
six foot in diameter and about 10 foot tall. I've never seen anything like that. I saw in my those life. as well. They look like uh, back when I was a kid, we'd make ceramics. They look like a ceramic log. Yeah. It, it, but they were very cool. But they polished the tops, they polished the rings of these logs, and they were spectacular agates. It was just spectacular. And uh, they were selling them. Now, some of them they sliced and made them into tables, but they actually had the giant logs. logs. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, you don't want to run into that log, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> this one couple's trying to figure out how to take a picture of themselves and get the, the entire log in the picture and do it like a selfie. They couldn't. They just couldn't do it. So was, I stopped. And I took their picture. That was. It, it's yeah. really. It was really pretty cool. And and uh, that was that was a neat sight to see too. But what I found this year also, and I brought a piece home. I found a lot of slices that were absolutely stunning with this pink rose quartz. They must have found this particular site because there were a few dealers with the same pink rose quartz mm -hmm. slices, and they had beautiful uh, uh, druzy in some of the open areas and uh, boy if i just had a counter made with this it would be you know a kitchen counter would be absolutely stunning but this beautiful rose course slices that you uh, use for decoration and mm -hmm. i have a piece in my store right now i probably won't last for long but uh definitely it's a pocket you don't always find these kind of things so that's another thing that i found was Very unusual cool. yeah not just the stones that we put into jewelry but sometimes just the rocks that just come out of the earth that are just phenomenal as, as themselves. I have to say, you know, every time I go to the show, a show, any show, I always think of the people that buy gemstones online or on television even. And I'm not picking on those sources of gem materials, but I have to tell you something. I've spent my entire career and entire life in the gemstone industry and as a gemologist, and I would never personally buy a gemstone online, sight unseen, I just absolutely wouldn't do it. Well, it's a, a stone to me is something you have to hold in your hand. You have to see, you have to see the fire. The personality. You, of the it. personality, well, just like the one blue garnet of all the, the, there was a whole pad of them, took a picture of the whole pad, and there was one that was talking to me. You can't have that talk to you through a television screen or through a, a, a TV or a computer monitor. It just doesn't work. Now, and the stones we pick, or uh, at least I pick, I know you do too because you're drawn to them, are the stones that talk to you. And there are so few gemstones, colored gemstones that are cut properly that really talk to you, that you can learn their personality. Very true. And you have to, uh, you have to know that the sourcing is, is going to be of a good sourcing. What I also uh, discovered... It's becoming more important. It's becoming more important. Just like I, I bought the stone from the guy who was in Africa. So he knew who he bought it from because he was in the area where the pocket, I don't know whether he bought it directly from the miner or somebody who bought it, was a broker there. But um, he bought the rough and then he cut it himself. So I know the exact guy who did the cutting and with that where he got the stone from. So we have some type of a pedigree, so to speak, of the stone. And what also, you, when you talk about stones, uh, there was a, another person I buy from that also has a mine, and what she definitely um, emphasized to me is, because she wanted me to buy some stones from her, uh, as they all do, I didn't want to buy any stones. 
but as I was um, looking at her stones and she said, you know, my mother was wondering if I had made any sales because we needed to feed our family because she was, relies on her daughter to sell some of these stones to feed her family. Well, people don't realize not only the stone has to speak to you, but you have to know where it comes from and you have to know why you're buying that stone and what it, it that stone purchase really means to other people because she said my family, her brothers work for her, mine for her, and are very happy to come to work. They want to sell. They want to go to work. They want to find these stones. And <laughs> she did say one. Her one brother's pretty lazy, though. Yeah. She says instead of having them borrow money from her, she says, all right, you want to borrow money? I've got to put you to work. And that's how, what she did with him. She, she put him to work in his mind. And you know what? He's becoming productive, and he feels good about himself. Yes. But it brings food to the family. It brings housing. It brings schools. And she is adamant about how this uh, is helping her, where it, her family and her people and, um, you think of someone that started off essentially in abject poverty in Africa, became a tea girl, and now travels the world. And literally, she goes to every show, major gem and jewelry show in the world, whether it's in the United States or in Asia or in Europe. She's there. She has quite a presence. She does. But my point being is that she has found a way to make it work. Make it work. She has her own mind. And she sells her own stones, but she also buys from other people that she meets and then sells them as well. But she knows the sources, and it helps feed people. So my point with that is buying from television or any kind of TV or on the Internet. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know if they're coming from legal sources. You don't know if they're being traded properly. When you buy from people closer to the mine source, not only do you... Uh, know where they're coming from, knowing who they're helping, you get to put your hand on it and decide whether that's the beautiful stone you want to bring back. I'm David Baker. And I'm Amber Gustafson. And this is Just a Conversation.